Hello, and welcome to another episode of The King's Business, a podcast designed to help business leaders apply biblical principles in both their personal and professional lives. I want to thank you for joining us today, and it is my hope that you will walk away with added wisdom to your life so you can go into the world and be a positive influence on others by doing The King's Business. As always, here's a layout that each episode will generally follow. First, we will introduce the week's topic. Next, we will connect it to scriptural references and examples. Then, we will identify ways we can apply these biblical teachings into our leadership of others, both personally and professionally. Finally, we will close with open-ended questions you can answer personally or share with your followers or teams for deeper discussion. Well, without further ado, let's get into this week's topic, prioritizing as a leader. Okay, so I really like doing this topic. So to give you guys kind of a background of how I prepare for these podcasts, I have a daily devotional. It's a 365-day leadership Bible that kind of has some scripture and a lesson. And I pray before I get started and say, God, please give me inspiration. Please give me the words you want me to share for the podcast. And I got to say, it's without fail. Even if I'm kind of dreading the process of developing it and putting it together, the inspiration just comes every time. And so when I saw this one's priority, I was really excited about that because I think this is one of those areas where if you can get priorities right, uh, you know, a lot of times, kind of like what we've talked about in the past, if you can get identity right, if you can get priorities right, it really helps kind of align a lot of things. It makes your decision making so much easier and you kind of get yourself put on a better track for making good leadership decisions and developing your followers. So first thing I like to do, as we tend to do on this podcast, is let's start with a couple of definitions so that we're all working from the same sheet of music. So priority has two definitions that I really liked. Here's the first one. Priority is a thing that is regarded as more important than another. The second one is the right to take precedent or to proceed before others. Okay, that's priority. Let's look at prioritize. Prioritize definition is this. Determine the order for dealing with items or tasks according to their relative importance. Okay, so let's unpack these thoughts for just a second. When we prioritize, we're actually doing two things. It might just look like when I prioritize, I do one thing. You're actually doing two things. Here's the first thing. We have to identify what things we're actually going to call important. So, and this goes for all of us in our day-to-day life, we're going to be bombarded with demands on our time and demand on our resources. And there's going to be only so much we can get done in any given day, whether that's what we can be present for, whether that's our output. We have a, a finite amount that we're going to be able to produce. Now, some of us can produce a lot. Some of us can't produce quite as much, but we all run up against those limitations. So it's really important that we decide and identify what things are actually important. Okay, so that's the first part. The second part to prioritizing is we have to order those important things. Okay, so we've identified these things as important. Hey, that's great. Now we have to order them. We have to rank them. We have to say, okay, I'm going to do this thing first. And then if I have time, I'm going to do the second thing. And if I have time, I'm going to do the third thing. And we have to be comfortable with the fact that even then, there's probably still things that might not get done on a daily basis to the level we'd like them to. And that's kind of a bummer, but it's really important that we remember that's why we prioritize, because it means the most important thing is going to get done. You know, no matter what, as much as it depends on me, I'm going to get this thing done because I've identified it as not only important, but as the most important. So the first step of the prioritize equation is requiring us to get intentional about what we consider 
important. And so this is where, you know, having those values that we've talked about in previous podcasts, you know, we use our values to align with our decision-making, having those values that we can kind of align around really helps in that process of identifying what's important. Okay. So if you say, you know, my walk with Christ is the most important. Okay, great. That's going to be your daily priority. So that means you're probably going to spend time in the word or you're going to be part of a Bible study or small group or life group or whatever your, your organization calls it. But it's going to be clear from your behaviors and actions that walking with Christ, your walk, your, your Christian faith is going to be the most important thing to you. Now, some people choose to do this with their job, and I would deter against this because a job is finite and a job, you know, it doesn't last forever. In fact, depending on the state you're in, they can fire you for just about any reason that's not classified as discrimination and that job's over. So a lot of people do this and, it's, and they might be not doing it intentionally, but with their behavior and their attitude, it says, this is the most important thing to me. When they spend more time at work than they do at home, when they interrupt dinner to answer a call from the office that maybe could have waited. Um, these are the kind of things you really want to be mindful of when you're trying to decide, you know, what's what's most important. It really needs to align with your values. So as we previously discussed, make sure you have your values in place because then you can kind of filter and look at things from that lens and say, okay, based on my values, are these things important? If they are, great. Now it's time to order them. If they're not, you need to get them off your plate. And you need to be brutal and relentless with, you know, how you're going to organize your time. So you need to say yes to yes, no to no. I've heard it put, and I, I like this phrase, your most important yes is a no. Okay, your most important yes is a no. Basically, what we're saying is when you're the kind of person that can really, truly guard and protect their time, when you say no, you're actually saying yes to the things that are most important. So. A lot to unpack there, but it's really important. The second part, again, of the prioritizing equation, that requires us to be intentional about how we order our list of important things. So it's really difficult to prioritize well when we don't have a list or if our list is out of order. Okay, so again, I was mentioning a lot of people put work as a high priority. That's If you want to do that, that's your choice. It's your life. I'm not going to tell you how to live it. I'm going to suggest that you align and put value behind things that are going to be more lasting, you know, and it's really critical that at the very least you have a list so that you know how to order it. Cause if you don't, you're no longer in charge of your time. You know, your time is going to be divided up by whatever is most pressing, not what's most important. My dad has, and we worked together for years before and he had this quote in his office and I really liked it. And then I'm paraphrasing cause I, I probably won't get it right, but essentially it says, uh, a lack of planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part. You know, a lot of times people will come in and we pay attention to what's most pressing, not what's most important, you know, because it's in the moment. And usually those things that are most important are those things that it's, it's that slow, that little, that very consistent pacing. You don't notice it on a daily basis. It's kind of like, you know, you turn around one day and your three-year-old is now 10, you know, or... Your your five year olds graduating high school, you know, you go, where did the time go? You know, it's that little, it's that very consistent metered march that you don't notice on a daily basis, but it really adds up. And so we really have to be careful in how we guard that time because it doesn't always 
look like, oh, I'm just, it's just a couple more minutes at the office, or it's just one more phone call, or it's just, you know, this, that, and the other, and all those things really do add up. We don't notice it, but they really do. You know, without the values that we've identified in the first step, it's nearly impossible to create a useful ranking of important things. You know, like we've said, you really have to know what's important to you, you know, and, and to know that you have to make sure that they align with your values because your values, those are those overarching things. Those are those things that really never change. These are at your core. These are your beliefs. These are your convictions. These are the things that you hold most dear. And then everything else should kind of stand up against that. And we use that as our yardstick to say, okay, how does this stack up? Do do I find this important? Do I not? Do I agree with this approach or do I not? Is this ethical or not? Moral or not? You know, our values have to be really paramount to make sure we can do all of these other steps. You know, and this kind of takes us back to that identity slash value proposition that, you know, we've talked to talked about in the past where people sometimes identify with their title, they identify with their job, they identify with their possessions, they identify with their association to something. And again, you everyone listening is an adult. They can make their own decision, but it's really important that you remember those things are fleeting. All of them are. And you really want to align yourself to things that are going to last because the things we identify with are usually where we put our value. And so if you get a bad report at work or worse, you get fired, your self-worth goes in the gutter because that was where you had aligned your whole identity and your whole value. So it's really important that you identify with the right kind of things that are going to be transcendent of these earthly circumstances so that way your value stays where it should be. So now that we kind of have an idea of how to prioritize and the ingredients involved in getting us through that step, we should probably look and ask ourselves the question, what does the Bible say about handling priorities? And, you know, just like we say every week, and, you know, sometimes it seems like, you know, it's almost expected that the Bible is going to have something important to say, and so it kind of takes away some of its, you know, prophecy or revelation, but it's really important to remember the Bible got human condition right. You know, human condition in the span of time has not changed for the most part. There are still things that it's, they're timeless and transcendent, and the Bible got those nailed. And I have a couple of them I'd love to look at with you. The first one is Matthew 6.33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Okay, so context would be the things that I'll add to are what God's going to provide for us. He's going to take care of us. He's going to provide for our daily living needs. You know, this might not be the mansion on the hill that you want, but he's going to make sure that you're fed and that you have shelter, you know? And so what we're told here very clearly, seek God's kingdom first before we ever seek our own. You know, it's, there's nothing wrong with ambition. There's nothing wrong with having vision and goals for your life, but they shouldn't come at the expense of avoiding or not giving the attention deserved to God's kingdom. God's kingdom should always come first because when his kingdom comes first, it makes it a lot easier for us to see what we want to achieve in our own lives. You know, we have a much better picture of what God has prepared for us, what God has created us for. And once we know those things, it makes it a lot easier to kind of walk down that path and stay in that lane of what God's really going to bless because we're following the plan he has for us. Let's look at another one. Luke 12, 34 says this, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. This is a good one. The scripture is telling us to place our efforts with our highest priorities. And particularly, 
really pay attention to those values because your your treasure you know is going to be what your that's that's where your heart is so those things are going to align you know whatever you have the most like you might end up saying you might work that career where you put in 80 90 hours a week and you neglected everything else in your life and you got the corner office you got the big paycheck you got the company car you got the the Amex black card you know you're going to have a lot to show for it. those are those are earthly treasures you know no matter what they're 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 something they're tangible but that's where your heart's going to be too so make sure that's something you really want to get behind likewise you know if you put all your time into raising your kids or to building your marriage that's where your treasure's going to be too and your heart and your treasure are going to align so you really need to be careful and be intentional and know where am i putting my Effort, where am I putting my time? Because that's where my treasure is going to be, but that's also where my heart is. Matthew 6, 24 says this, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. You know, so many times people say money is the root of all evil. They're misquoting scripture. What the scripture really says is the love of money or greed is the root of all evil. And I feel like I can surmise it like this. When we try to serve money, what we're really saying to God, whether we mean to or not, is I don't trust you to take care of me. Now, I'm not saying you don't go out and work because that is one of the curses of the fall that we have to deal with. We live in a sinful world, and one of the punishments for the sin that is now upon us is we have to go out and work. We have to exchange our time and effort for financial consideration. Okay, I'm not saying you don't go out and work. What I'm saying is when money takes that number one spot, when money is your source of security, when money is your source of identity, then what you've said is, God, you're taking a back seat. I don't trust you anymore. Now, if that's not what you mean to say, you're probably going to have to change some behaviors. That might mean working less hours, working a different position, you know, maybe even changing companies because what you're doing is you're saying, I've got this. I'm trusting in myself. And as fickle, imperfect human beings, I would strongly encourage against that. I don't want to do that. You know, I make plenty of mistakes on a daily basis and I don't want to be the person saying, you know what, God, I got this. I'm, that's not for me. If that's for you, you have a lot more competency and confidence than I do. So well done. But I'd strongly caution you against doing that because you want God to be your source. God is your identity. Everything comes from God anyway. So for us to branch out on our own and say, I've got this, is really just disobedience. Whether we call it that or not, that's, that's what it is. So we want to be mindful of that. Let's look at another one. Proverbs 21, 21 says this, whoever pursues righteousness and kindness will find life, righteousness, and honor. Now, this is kind of a cool one because if we pursue two things, we get a third one for free. And I don't know about you, but I'm always kind of looking for a good bargain. So, you know, we see here, if we pursue righteousness and kindness, righteousness is in right standing with God. We're following his word. Kindness is being considerate of others. And this sometimes means, and this is a big struggle for me, is we have to put our own preferences aside to be considerate of others. Now, I'm not telling you to be a doormat, and I'm not telling you to take abuse, but I am saying be considerate. You know, if you can say something more diplomatically, then say it. If there's an ugly and hurtful truth that really won't help someone, you might consider not saying it. 
But when we pursue righteousness and kindness, we get life. Okay, so that's the the life changing faith that we get when we follow Christ. That's that's that power. That's that vision. That's the righteous ambition we'll have for our life. We get that. We get righteousness, and we get honor. And I don't know about you, but life, righteousness, and honor seem pretty cool to get, especially when one of them is free. When all I have to do is live in right standing and be considerate of others. So. Good food for thought. One more. Let's look at this. James 4.14. This is a little more somber, but I think it's important that we talk about it. James 4.14 says this. You don't really know about tomorrow. You are a mist that appears for only a short while before it vanishes. You know, something we have to remember is tomorrow's not guaranteed. You know, Jesus told us this before he left the earth um, and ascended to heaven where he said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough problems of its own. Just pay attention to today. Live for today because today is the only thing that's kind of guaranteed. Since tomorrow is not guaranteed, we've got to make sure we prioritize today. You know, we kind of talked about how it's all those little steps that end up adding up over time. This is where prioritizing can really shine is because you're making the right decisions every day. You know, little decisions. It's nothing usually major. Little little decisions that add up over time really pay back an incredible dividend, you know, and they really have that incredible return because you've been so diligent and so focused on doing the right things for so long. It, it can really have a neat effect on your life. So now that we've talked about how to prioritize, how to follow that equation, and what the Bible says about how we can use priority correctly in our lives, how do we apply this concept in our professional lives? What What's some realistic, tangible activity that we can do with these concepts? I have, I have three points for you today. First one is this. We must wisely identify what things are important to us. You cannot rank items if you have not assigned a value to them. If you do, it's just guessing. It's a lottery. You, you may get it right. You may get it wrong. But you have to do the work on the front end. It's, it's as simple as saying, I want to go to California, but I just get in the car and start driving. If I have not looked at north, south, east, or west, there's a very good chance I'm never going to make it to my destination. Same kind of thing here. If I don't take the time to identify what's important, I can't take the time to properly rank them. We have to make sure that the things we have identified as important align with our values. So in the workplace, if you want maybe morality or ethics or integrity to shine through, if that's a value of yours, then you've got to make sure all the things in the workplace are going to align around that so that way you've identified what's important because it aligns with your value. And then once you know that it aligns with your value and it's important, then you can rank these things. So first step, we must wisely identify what things are important to us. Second point, we must protect our time relentlessly. You and I get the same 24 hours in every day. And I don't know about you, but most of the time I kind of look at the end of the day and go, I could have used a couple more hours. You know, even if that was a couple hours sitting at home with my family and spending more time with my daughter, you know, or my wife, I could use more time. You know, I think we're all in that boat. So we have to remember time is one of the only things you can't buy more of. You know, you can buy a lot. We live in a very materialistic world with plenty of consumables. Time is not one of them. And it's not something you can get back to get a do-over. You can't say, oh man, I really wasted that day. Sorry, that day is gone. So we really want to be mindful of that. We have to say no to something good so we can say yes to something great. 
That's how you have to think about it. There's going to be a lot of good out there. There's going to be a lot of good things you could do with your time. But you want to sacrifice those things so you can focus on doing the great things with your time. You want to focus on the things that, these are the things that are going to be transcendent, that are going to kind of span your life, that you're going to look back on and say, I'm really glad I said no to something good so I could say yes to something great. So point two, we must protect our time relentlessly. Point number three, we need to consistently live at our priorities in our actions and decisions. You know, with time, it should become obvious to those around us what things we have identified as important. Okay, so we've talked about this a lot. It's modeling. You know, as the leader, you're kind of on that stage. You're on that pedestal. Your actions are magnified in the sense that what people see you do, they're going to incorporate as well. And that's good or bad. If they see you doing things with integrity and with strong character, most of the time, people are going to follow that example because they know that's what you align with. So they want to be in alignment with you as their leader, as their influencer. Likewise, if you're the person that cuts corners and talks about people behind their back and has no integrity, no character, they might do one thing to your face, but they're going to see that behavior modeled as well. And then they're going to follow in line too and follow into some of those same really bad habits. So we want to be really thoughtful and remember that if we want these things to become habit, we have to model them. Okay, when we as the leader prioritize correctly, we're clearing a trail for our followers and team to do the same. You know, I think it's been said a bunch of times and it's worth repeating. No one ever is on their deathbed looking back and said, I wish I'd spent more time at work. You know, that nobody says that. You know, it's always, I wish I'd spent more time with my family or I wish I'd taken the chance on such and such or, you know, our regrets are usually in that vein. It's, I've never heard anybody say, I wish I'd spent more time at the office. No, nobody says that because in the end, that doesn't matter. You know, there's not, like I said, there's not a lot to show for that at the end of your life. You know, it's great if you've been a part of something, but you want to make sure you're part of something that's going to have some, some longevity to it. And unfortunately, usually in our modern workplace, that's just not the case. So it's really important that we show our followers it's okay to prioritize correctly. You know, if you've got a boss who's a workaholic and <clears throat> they never take the time <clears throat> to go see plays that their kids are in or they come home on time for dinner or, you know, they work weekends so they don't ever get to be part of their kids' events there or they don't spend time with their spouse, they neglect date nights and things like that. You as this subordinate are kind of thinking, well, I have to kind of do the same thing because if the boss doesn't make this a priority, he's probably not going to make it a priority for me. You as the leader need to say and, and clearly model for your followers what's really important. And so, because most likely, if, if those things are important to you, it's probably important to the people you work with. So when you're taking the chances and getting out there and saying, here's what I believe in, here's what I'm going to align with, you're also saying to your team, it's okay for you to do the same thing. You know, I value you. I know that if it's important to me, it's probably important to you. And I want to show you that it's okay that you show press, you know, you show priority and consideration. You make these things important just as I've made them important. So point number three, we need to consistently live out our priorities in our actions and decisions. As we come to the end of this week's podcast, I'd like to share a few final thoughts with you as we kind of do every week that you can kind of think about with your team. You can meditate on these things and 
They're open-ended questions. Hopefully, that'll give you a little dialogue and a little thought as you kind of move into this week. I have three of them for you today. Here's our first final thought. What things are important to you? I know that seems simple, and on the surface, it's meant to be. You know, either things are important to you or they're not. How do we know if they're important? They align or they do not align with our values. Well, how do we know what our values are? We've taken the time to say, what do I want to be remembered for? You know, what at the end of my life or at my, when they're doing my eulogy, what do I want people to say about me? You know, what, what did I align with? You know, and if that's not where you want to be now, you need to start working towards that. It's never too late. You need to do it now. First thought is what things are important to you? You should write them down. Be really thoughtful about them because you're going to use these things to help you prioritize what's really important to you. Final thought number two, what recurring obligations do you need to say no to? Now, I'm not telling you just to start telling everybody, sorry, I told you I could commit to this, but I'm not going to do it now. That's not what I'm saying. If you can get out of it, that's great, but do it gracefully and in a way that's not going to hurt the organization that you've already committed to, because that's not fair to them if you've committed your time incorrectly. That's your fault. That's your choice. You need to find a way to either gracefully get out of it or you need to start asking yourself, how do I start saying no in the future? You know, there's a lot of, if you just Google this kind of idea, there's a lot of great phrases that can help you get out of things where you're saying no and being firm, but you're not being a jerk about it. And people are going to be able to see that while you appreciate what they're doing, you're going to be a little more protective of your time and you're going to have to say, I'm sorry. What you're doing is great, but I'm not available, or so-and-so would be a better fit for you, or there's a lot of ways around this. So thought number two, what recurring obligations do you need to start saying no to? These are the good things that you're saying no to, so you can say yes to the great things. Final thought number three, who in your workplace needs to see you correctly prioritize the important things in your life? Who's that person? Who's in the office that they don't know that they're allowed to care about other things outside of the business. They're the ones who think they have to be there all the time, that if they're not, they're going to get fired. And, you know, that's just not the life they're living. They have other priorities and there's nothing wrong with that. So you need to ask yourself, who in the office, you know, who in my circle needs to see that it's okay to prioritize for different things than what the world say are important? Because in the end, it really doesn't matter how well we serve the world. What matters is how well we serve the creator of the world. I want to thank you for joining us this week. And remember, as followers of Christ, we are called to glorify God in our actions, to grow his kingdom through our example, to be a positive influence on others by doing the king's business. Thank you and have a great week.